0: I heard from uh, your pastor, and he gave me instructions for today. He said, Mama, I want you to slap every one of them. I want you to unload both barrels tomorrow. You know that boy is a son of a bishop. Lord, have mercy. (laughs) So we are happy. Can you bring this up a little bit for me? Raise it up just a little bit for me. Okay, a little bit lower. All right, that's good, that's good. And I'll probably use my glasses, but I, I have heard the Lord for you for today. And today is going to be a little bit different kind of a ministry today because the Lord told me to bring something very specific to you today on healing and deliverance. So we are going to walk through some declarations today, but the word of the Lord came to me and said, you are to speak on unraveling your destiny. Unraveling your destiny is the title of my sermon today. And you have to excuse me if I get a little bit crazy up here. If I get a little loud, if I get a decide to walk the floor or or if I say something that's not traditional, you have to just excuse me because I came from West Oakland. God saved me out of some stuff that could have killed me. He healed me and raised me up from a bed of affliction that could have kept me. And there is no shame in my game. I just do and say whatever the Holy Ghost says say. I'll go wherever the Holy Ghost says go and I'll speak whatever the Holy Ghost says speak. So I thank God for the anointing that he is releasing already over this uh, sermon and over this service. And I did have a prophetic dream through the night and I saw God performing unusual miracles of healing. So I just release that into this atmosphere today that God is going to perform unusual miracles in our midst, mind, body, soul, and spirit. So get ready, get ready, get ready. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all a little quiet for me this morning. Can somebody just give a shout? (laughs) This woman has the anointing that breaks down every wall. We put her up in every prison, every jail. Yesterday, if you would have saw what happened at the women's conference, let's break it. Get up on your feet. <laughs> Hallelujah. Get up on your feet. And if you love the Lord, raise your hands. Hallelujah. <gasps> I mean, if you love the Lord, wave your hands. If you love the Lord, shout, Hallelujah! 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 Praise the name of the Lord! Amen! Amen! Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord! Thank you, Jesus! Thank you, God! In the 11th chapter of the book of John, The story is told about the death of a very, very dear friend of Jesus. Often Jesus visited. Mary and Martha and Lazarus and he was very comfortable it was a place where the prophet the king of kings the lord of lords could just go and kick back you know how nice it is when you have this powerful ministry and you can just sneak away at a friend's house and just lay low and kick back that's the way it was and He was so comfortable there in the fifth chapter, in the fifth verse of the 11th chapter of John, the Bible says that Jesus loved them. They were friends. There was a special bond. There was a special relationship. So what happens in this special relationship is a little bit confusing to me because Jesus was not at their house one day and he got the word that Lazarus died. And when he got the word that Lazarus died, he stayed where he was for a few more days. What kind of friend is that? What's that about? Master, don't you understand what I told you? Your boy is dead. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. hmm Next. What else? hmm hmm There are things that we don't always understand about the timing of Jesus. But we have to always understand, even when something looks like it's dead, when something looks like it's over, Jesus has a way of showing up right on time with the right kind of words that he has to speak over us and into us and call us back to life, call that thing back to life so we can go on into our destiny. Jesus Went on to the house finally after a few days. And he saw the girls and they were crying, Mary and Martha, and you know, they were wailing and crying and and they were mourning and screaming and carrying on. And Jesus wasn't deterred by what he saw. Isn't that something? He felt for their pain, but he came with a plan. You have to understand, Jesus feels for what you're going through, but he has a plan. He's not shaken by what you're confronted with because Jesus has a plan. So he went out to the grave where Lazarus was. And can you imagine Lazarus? He had been in that tomb for four days. And you know, siblings tell the truth. Martha said, He stinks. He'd been in there four days. Jesus said, I want you to roll the stone away. Excuse me, the boy stinks now. He's dead and stinking. Isn't it something that when we think something is just completely consumed and we're never going to get it back and that part of us that God gave to us, that ministry that God gave to us, those gifts and talents that God gave to us. And it seems like the enemy called death came in to steal, kill, and destroy and took away our destiny. And Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Isn't that the message that he continues to tell us? If you will believe, you will see the glory of God. That is a promise. Hallelujah. So they moved the stone away and exposed an open tomb and Jesus looked around at all the people tripping and he said Lord I thank you that you have heard me and I know that you always hear me but because of these people that are standing around with their nose all snotty don't know what their game is all about they need to stop and ask somebody they need to understand that you sent me. Glory to God. And then Jesus said something so incredible. You know, he did not rebuke the spirit of death. I believe had he spoke to the spirit of death, all the tombs would have emptied. Can you imagine that? He spoke specifically to a specific person for a specific need, and that's how Jesus deals with each one of us individually, specifically into that thing that seems like it's dead. He simply said, Lazarus, come forth. And if you thought the people were crazy at that point, you should have seen those people when Lazarus all of a sudden rose up out of his tomb and his body wrapped in grave clothes with his face covered with a cloth and uh, probably about 100 pounds of aloes and myrrhs and everything else that the grave clothes are dipped in and all wrapped up. And how did he just come floating out of that tomb, standing there in the midst of everyone all wrapped up? Jesus looked around and he knew that now was the time for the people to get involved. Isn't it something how Jesus can speak a word and the grave clothes would have fallen off. But he wanted you to get involved church. There's times when you have to get around people who are all tied up and all tangled up and all wrapped up. And you know that they can't get out of those grave clothes by themselves. And you have to come around them and lay hands on them and begin to take off layer after layer and completely release them from being bound in the name of Jesus and Jesus looked around because it was time for Lazarus' destiny to be unraveled. And he said, "Loose him and let him go." Can you imagine the excitement of the crowd? Some scared to touch him. Some standing back. Some waiting to see what's going to happen when we start pulling off these grave clothes. Is he really alive? Is he breathing? Is he him? Is it him? God wants to unravel your destiny. I'm talking to some who are blocked today and tangled up in confusion, and you've been tangled up in discouragement. And God said, You are stagnant. I'm not talking to everybody, but those who the word is for. You need to receive it. You are have experienced uh, that place of being stagnant, no movement. You're just stuck. You're dealing with the cares of life in the past and unresolved issues and hurts and things that have been broken inside of you and your family and generational curses and sickness and even those things that God has given you. Those areas when you used to be so anointed and you just flowed in those ministries and those gifts and and those callings and those things somehow have gotten tied up and tangled up and wrapped up and you just need to be released this morning. I came to speak life and release you into your destiny in the name of Jesus. Jesus, the words that he said to Martha, I speak the same words to you today. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who comes to me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me, never shall he die. Do you believe this? Know that Holy Ghost that you don't exercise anymore. That gift is still inside of you. It's not going to ever die. But I call it forth in the name of Jesus. We all get held down and held back at times in our lives. And I can remember times when I was held down 100% disabled and I won't go all the way into that. And the doctor said, I would never be normal again. And I had a motorized wheelchair and I had incredible, incredible, incredible pain. It would feel like my head was going to blow off. And for almost 20 years, I was in that state. Of disability until he unraveled my destiny hey glory to God hallelujah glory to God and sometimes the unraveling process comes with a call even as he called Lazarus to come forth I heard him say one day Diane will you pastor I had just gotten six trigger point injections. I had all kind of narcotics and medication in my body. I would have to get trigger point injections maybe every couple of months if I could last that long between pain cycles. And I said, yes. Too many times we stay tangled up and tied up because we're waiting for our body to catch up with what the Lord says. And we're waiting for our situation to catch up with what God has told us to do. And we're waiting for our circumstances to change until I get some feel like doing this inside of me. God, I'm just stuck. But I came to tell you today, if you'll say yes, whatever it is, if you will say yes, yes. You'll be loosed and let go. We prayed for a woman yesterday. This woman is so anointed, uh, has a powerful, powerful gift of prophecy on her. And she was prophesying to someone at the table. And she, we gave her the mic for a minute at the end. And she just straight up preached a quick little sermonette in about two minutes. I said, The girl's a prophet and called to preach. And I said, What church do you go to? I don't go to church. I've been hurt. Baby, your destiny is all tied up until you can connect with what God is doing and get in accountability with someone. You need to be in a structured place where God is developing you and growing you so those people that are around your tomb can release you, untie you, and let you go in prayer and prophetic word and in ministry. Call you out call you out you have to understand Uh, be so careful what you speak over yourself oh how many times have I heard people say I can't do that I'm scared I broke a spirit of fear off that lady yesterday I'm just so scared Uh, is God crazy did he not know you were scared Can he not set you free? Is he a fool that he doesn't know what's within you and what he wants to use? That he would call you and you can't do it? What kind of God is that? Oh, my goodness, you have to be so careful. I hear people say, I'm just so slow. I'm just so dumb. I'm so stupid. No, you're speaking curses over your life. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Why don't you speak that I'm anointed and I'm appointed and I'm called and I will do my ministry and I will command my body. Paul said, I'll beat my body into subjection. I will command my body to get up and obey the Lord. When I said yes, laying on that carpet in our bedroom from that day till this, I have never needed another trigger point injection. There is power in your yes. Yes. Glory to God. I gave my motorized wheelchair away. I didn't need it anymore. We started pastoring. Oh, I still had some times when I had to rest my muscles. And I'm still in a process of healing. But I have to tell you, because I said yes, I didn't have the back surgery that the doctor said I needed. He healed my back. I didn't have the knee replacements that the doctor said I needed. He healed my knees. I don't have Renaud's syndrome anymore. I don't have degenerative arthritis anymore. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. There is power in your yes. Yes is the first step of unraveling your destiny. Job 22 and 28, the word of the Lord says, Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. See, what I speak, I have. Did you get that? If I speak it, I can have it. Thou shalt decree a thing. Some translations say, Thou shalt declare a thing, and it shall be established unto thee. I begin to say, I'm healed in the name of Jesus. I'm whole in the name of Jesus. I will fulfill my ministry in the name of Jesus. I will do all that he wants me to do, and I'll go where he wants me to say. Go, and I'll say what he wants me to say. In the name of Jesus, glory to God. People say, you can't do that. I don't hear you. I'm a creation of the creator. He made me. He can fix me. And the Lord told me recently, don't say, well, it's in... um, It was actually in 2018. It's in my prayer journal. I shared this yesterday. The Lord told me, don't say ever again that you're under attack. I said, man, that's some serious church jargon. You know, that's the Christian words. I'm under attack. Knee hurt. I'm under attack. Foot a little sore. I'm under attack. Tired. I'm under attack. Uh, you know, we've all been there of that and guilty of that. I've done it myself. I said, God, what are you telling me? I don't understand. What are you telling me? I've been raised saying this in the church. What are you telling me to say? And God said, you speak these words. I am under the authority of Almighty God, my Father. And Jesus Christ, his Son, and my Savior. And the Holy Spirit, my baptizer, who has extended to me exousia and dunamis power to conquer all. I conquer all in the name of Jesus. When you begin to advance against what the enemy is doing to you, you will see victory happen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm going to walk you through some decrees. This is what the Lord has given me. I want you to say that with me. I am under the authority of almighty God, my father, and of Jesus Christ, his son, my savior, and of the Holy Spirit, my baptizer, who have extended to me exousia and dunamis power to conquer all i conquer all in the name of jesus The Greek word exousia speaks to authority, like a queen governing her her kingdom. She has authority. God, we're of the kingdom of God. He extends to us authority from a heavenly kingdom, from a throne of grace that human hands can't touch. He has extended to us dunamis power, which refers to, uh, it's a derivative of the word dynamite, dynamo. That's the kind of power that we have in God, dunamis power. Why don't you blow some stuff off you? (laughs) Glory to God. Hallelujah. I was walking around the house the other day and And my arm was hurting, you know, and and, and in my old self, I'm getting ready for the conference yesterday and getting ready for today. And in my old self, and we had a couple of weeks ago had three knockdown, drag out services at Valley State Prison. And in my old self, I would have said I'm under attack. And I said, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, come on foot, come on arm, come on back. You are under the authority of almighty God. Hallelujah. Begin to speak over yourself. Speak blessings and not curses. So choosing deliverance to unravel your destiny. Some of my notes have been taken from Derek Prince, blessings or curses you can choose. And the rest of this is just what the Holy Spirit has given me. I have used this for many, many, many years in prison ministry, in church ministry, in one-on-one ministry, setting people free. And I'm telling you, the Word of God works. It works. It's simple. So, God, I stretch forth my shield of faith and I thank you, God. We are choosing deliverance this morning. Those that are in bondage will be free. God we thank you for this right now. We cover this time right now with a shield of faith and the power of the blood of Jesus and a hedge of fire around this place and you are being the glory in our midst. We give you praise. We cancel every assignment of distraction the evil one. Every plan of the enemy in the name of Jesus is canceled. Thwarted. It will not work. We Crush him under our feet right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Deuteronomy, I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures and then we're going to make decrees. This is what God said to bring to this house Deuteronomy 30, 19, and 20. This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. And that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life, and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It doesn't matter what the doctor's report says. We prayed over someone who was a member of our church. She had had a minor uh, procedure, and they nicked her pancreas. And... We got a call that night. She should have been just in recovery and then home. We got a call that night. They were ambulancing her to another facility and going into surgery. To make a long story short, she bled out, what, about 20 um, units of blood. She even lost all of her platelets. They took her into surgery three times, and we just about tore up the waiting room. Y'all, if any of y'all were there when we were praying for Sonny to have a lathe, you know how we can take over a waiting room keep praying, keep praying. And the doctors told us if she does, we've done everything we can. If she doesn't stop bleeding, she will die. I had never seen anything like it. She was losing great big um, blood clots and just bleeding and bleeding and getting weaker and weaker. And she was intubated and just could not, she was dying. And I remember standing in the window in the waiting room and I said, "Uh uh-uh. I put before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that you and your seed may live. We choose life in the name of Jesus. And we prayed and pressed. I think we were praying and pressing at least two nights and two days. And all of a sudden the bleeding stopped. And we begin to decree and declare during that whole time, Ezekiel 16 and 6, as you choose life, sometimes you need to get a scripture that directly relates to what you're dealing with and hit that nail with that hammer. Yes. When I passed by you and I saw you wasting and kicking about in your own blood, yeah, I said unto you, wasting and kicking about in your own blood, Live decree it decree a thing and it shall be established hallelujah so this is our declaration would you repeat after me i choose life life. and i choose god's perfect will and and plan for my life life. i choose to recover all all. in jesus name name. Amen. amen thank you god Confirm your salvation is the next step. We're just going to walk down the steps. That's what the Lord said to give you. Actually, we're walking up steps because we're getting closer and closer to our destiny. Romans 10 and 9, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Doesn't matter what your rap sheet says. Doesn't matter what you did. Doesn't matter where you're from. None of that matters. I've had seen uh, inmates saved in the highest maximum levels of security. One young man, we had had such a prayer meeting, he and I out there in maximum security and he was in for some serious stuff and was not ever getting out but it doesn't matter because where the spirit of the Lord is there's liberty and he prayed a prayer of repentance and received Jesus and the power of God came so strong and his daddy called me on the phone when I was in the chaplain's office one day and he said my son told me you made his baby jump I'm thinking Satan the Lord rebuke you what on earth are you talking about I had never heard of anything like that in my life. I said, can you break that down? What does that mean? Like Mary and Elizabeth, when Elizabeth came into the presence of Mary and Jesus and her baby in her belly, that baby jumped. The power of the Holy Ghost is what the man was referring to. God is not interested in your past. His interest is in your future. It doesn't matter how broken down you were and, and how backslidden you were. None of that matters. He is interested in unraveling your destiny so you can do all that he wants you to do. Here's a declaration. You can repeat it after me. I accept you fully as my Lord and Savior. My Abide on the throne in my heart and be the Lord of my life. Hallelujah. See, when you invite Jesus to take up full occupancy and abide on the throne in your heart, nothing else can come in. I always say, and if the devil tries to come back, ask Jesus, Jesus, would you answer the door? (laughs) Glory to God. Personally affirm your faith in Christ as the next step. Brethren, Hebrews 3 and 1. So then, brethren, consecrate and set apart for God, who share in the heavenly calling, thoughtfully and attentively consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest whom we confessed as ours when we embraced the Christian faith. Here is our declaration. I affirm my faith in Jesus as my Savior, And invoke the ministry of Jesus, my high priest, to bring my needs before God. Releasing the whole authority of heaven on my behalf. I declare victory in Jesus' name. Amen. The next step is that you have to humble yourself. Hallelujah. Too many times in deliverance, people sometimes don't want prayer because they might fall on the floor or they might get a little ugly or they might cry. I've seen them throw up and foam at the mouth. I had a lady in one service. I'd never seen anything like it. We were in the jail and she was out in the open area and the spirit of God was moving and I was pressing and praying and releasing the, all that God had sent me there to release. And all of a sudden she looked at her clothes and she ran up to her room, to the, to the um, not the dressing room, to the cell you know they call them the cages i'm trying not to say that she ran up to the cell and she came back down later she had completely showered and changed clothes and she told me afterward she said pastor let me tell you what happened when you were praying she said it came out of my pores like pus i said ew that's nasty <laughs> i had never heard of anything like that in my life she said all of that heroin addiction She said, it came out of my pores like pus. I had to run up and shower and change clothes. God wants to deliver people. It doesn't matter where they are. So when we decree and declare these things, we have to understand that we can have what we are asking for. He is our high priest he is our deliverer, he is our strength, he is our hope, he is our guide, he is our future. Hallelujah. So we accept him fully and he abides on the throne in our heart and we affirm Jesus as our savior and invoke the ministry of a high priest. Are you getting this? See, I'm not rolling by myself when I I say I'm a child of God. Too many children of God don't know how to fight. Teach me how to fight. I invoke the authority of all of heaven, my high priest, Jesus. Come to my rescue. Come to my rescue. And I declare victory in Jesus' name. And as we humble ourselves, that's where I was. God sets himself against the proud, the insolent. He sets himself against the presumptuous, the boastful. He opposes and frustrates and defeats them, the Bible says. 1 Peter 5, 5 and 6. He defeats the proud. And he gives grace, favor, blessing to the humble. You wonder so many times, uh, and I'm cautious when I say this, how people in high positions fall because pride often creeps in. And they think they can do some things that God has said no. And then they want people to raise up and bow to them. That's pride. Be careful in ministry that you don't entertain a spirit of pride. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Be careful. So we humble ourselves. We demote, we lower ourselves in your own estimation. Under the mighty hand of God, that in due time, he may exalt you. I tell people sometimes, I'm praying for them. I said, forget about your pride. Don't worry about anybody around you. Listen, let your dignity go. Let's get you set free. You can get your dignity back later. With all them demons inside of you, you ain't got no dignity. (laughs) Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Y'all know how to say Amen. See, I grew up in a black church. They knew how to say amen. amen. But I realize it doesn't matter what color we are. Amen just simply means it is so. Amen. So wherever you're from, you ought to be able to say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Here is our declaration. I choose to humble myself before God. I choose, to God. I choose, deliverance, over I choose deliverance over dignity and pride. That I may receive grace, favor, and blessings in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And we confess any known sins. That's, oh, that's such a key. When I lead people in confessing known sins, I also encourage them to do spiritual house cleaning. had a lady, and in, in, uh, she was in a maximum security prayer meeting, and she was sentenced to life. And she gave her heart to the Lord. And I talked about spiritual house cleaning, going in your house and getting rid of all that junk that offends Jesus. If you knew Jesus was coming to knock on your door and do a wellness check and walk through your house, what would you hide? That's the stuff you need to throw away. She came back to the, to the service the next time we were out at her unit. She said, you know what, Pastor? I got rid of everything in my apartment. I told him, even let the apartment go because everything in it was stolen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> she said, and you know what? I went before the judge, my case turned around. I'm going home. Wow. Now, I ain't the judge, he is. But what God will do when you begin to get in agreement with his will and his word. See, too many times Christians get stuck. I came to unravel unravel your destiny. And you think you can do all these things, drinking and smoking and watching things that are ungodly and listening to things that are ungodly and going places that, oh, y'all done got quiet on me, (laughs) that are ungodly. David said, I will put no evil evil thing before my eyes you got to close the ear gates and the eye gates you have to be careful don't you realize every opening of your body is a way that the devil comes in y'all didn't get that (laughs) get rid of what offends god burn it throw it away don't give it away tear it up put it in the trash and i don't care how much it costs you look at those all those that were doing witchcraft in the book of acts and they brought all their books and they burned them get rid of what offends god in your house got buddha sitting up somewhere got somebody Uh oh she went there got somebody else sitting up y'all got the cross on the wall with jesus hanging on it Jesus ain't on the cross. You got an idol in your house. Lord have mercy. And you standing there in front of Jesus on the cross, some wood talking about help me today, Lord. The wood can do nothing for you. Only Jesus can. You're invoking the power of your high priest. Get rid of that junk in your trunk. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So if you confess your sins, ain't no sense in acting like it's not there because it is. Ain't no sense in acting like you don't know anything about it because you do. And God came and, and sent me to tell you if you guilty, get it Right. Glory to God. First John 1 and 9, if we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins, he is faithful and just, true to his own nature and promises, and will forgive our sins, dismiss our lawlessness, and continuously cleanse us from all unrighteousness, everything not in conformity to his will and purpose, thought, and action. Hallelujah. Hallelujah glory to god oh okay yes lord i don't have a problem saying it see I'm, I'm hearing the holy ghost some people think we can just drink and we're christians and it's not going to affect us and people have asked me do you drink no i don't drink it messes with your anointing You wonder why you all dried out, honey? Don't you understand that a drink is a spirit? Why do they call it spirits out at the bar? And you old crazy church folks, you got it lined up in your refrigerator and under your cabinets. You got spirits in your house. They ain't going to invite her back, you know. That's the way that works. (laughs) Glory to God. He said unload both barrels. I didn't tell him what I was bringing tell you you know that son of a bishop I'm telling you I just said "Mm -hmm." I just felt like it was a word from the Lord I I said all right son all right glory to God but if I confess my sins he's faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and listen to Proverbs 28 and 18 he who walks uprightly shall be safe but he who willfully goes in double and wrong directions Shall fall in one of them. hmm. Wondering why you keep tripping. hmm. Here is your declaration I confess and repent. Y'all done got quiet. I confess and repent of my sins to you, Jesus. Nothing is hidden from you. Forgive me and cleanse me now from all unrighteousness. In Jesus' name, name. amen. Amen. The next step is you have to forgive all other people, anybody who has ever harmed you. I will tell you, unforgiveness is gangrene in your system. The only person, honey, is going to kill is you. Have a heart attack, get cancer, all kind of other things. That's that unforgiveness in your system. That person may never come back to tell you I'm sorry for molesting you all those years. That person may never come back to say I'm sorry for beating you. I'm sorry for divorcing you. I'm sorry for hurting you. They may never come back. But as long as you are holding them at bay and you mad at them, you still got them hanging around you. Thank you, Sean. I will. (laughs) Hallelujah. You have to forgive people. Mark 11:25 25 through 26. And whenever you stand praying, watch out, saints. If you have anything against anyone, forgive him and let it drop. Leave it. Let it go. In order that your Father who is in heaven may also forgive you your own failings and shortcomings and drop them. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you, your failings and shortcomings. I I didn't write this script. I'm reading you what the Bible says. You have to be willing to let it go. We had the most beautiful experience a few weeks ago at our church, Father's Day. And this man came in and he was all excited to be there. And he said his friend told him about the church. We didn't know who he was, didn't know who the friend was. And... Bishop Peter preached, and he spoke into the lives of those who are fathers and those who have been hurt by fathers, and he released the word of the Lord so powerfully. And after service, and the man got up a couple of times and went out, we realized he had been weeping during the service, during the message. And you know me, I'm watching because is he going out to get a gun? What's he going out to get? (laughs) Lord, have mercy. Afterwards, He just opened his mouth and just shared with us. He said, I realized I was supposed to be at the church across the street, but God wanted me here. He said, what you spoke about fathers, I needed to hear that. He said, I've been so hurt and so angry with my father. We don't even have a relationship. And I turned around and I looked at him. I said, you know, if you are willing to forgive your father, I'll lead you in a prayer right now. He said, all right. And I led him in a prayer as an act of my own will. I choose, I choose to forgive my father. I lay him at your feet and I bless him in Jesus' name. He broke that thing, left him instantly. When you lay people at the feet of Jesus, it's over, it's done. You don't have to put them in your backpack and keep carrying them around. Their shadows don't have to keep following you. Lay them at the feet of Jesus. I wouldn't be sane and married to my husband today if I didn't lay somebody at the feet of Jesus. I was almost murdered when I was 15. Y'all getting quiet again. Police case and everything. I learned to lay them at the feet of Jesus. Didn't carry hate. Didn't carry bitterness. I learned to release it. I learned to bless those who have harmed me and persecuted me. Bless them. Had hedge clippers put around my neck, threatened to cut my head off, and all kind of other things. Bless and do not curse. Blessings cancel curses. I could have went around like some crazy person. Ain't never going to trust a man again. Hooked up with some woman and gone to hell. Lord, have mercy. Can we just be real with this? Hallelujah. You have to forgive. So repeat, as an act of my own will. And somebody really needs this. You're holding something deep inside, and you really need this. But I promise you, your heart will catch up later with what your mouth speaks because life and death is in your tongue. It's not in your heart. As an act of my own will, I choose to forgive everyone who has ever hurt me. Lord, I lay them at your feet. I release them to you, and I bless them. In Jesus' name, amen. The next step is to break with anything demonic, occult, and all false religion. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Deuteronomy 7:26, neither shall you bring an abomination, an idol, into your own house. We talked about that thing, lest you become an accursed thing like it. But you shall utterly detest and abhor it, for it is an accursed thing. It's too many times we get ourselves caught up thinking we so save and sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, that of a mighty burning fire. And I can go see Harry Potter and read Harry Potter books and watch all these crazy things on TV and watch all these good witch things and all of that stuff. Can somebody help me with that oxymoron? What the heck is a good demon? Oh, we can do yoga. No, no. Oh, she's messing with us now. She's going there. That's why I came every form in the yoga exercises represents a demonic deity. And y'all sitting up there playing Christian music, exercising the demonic. Somebody needed some teaching. You better learn how to stop touching the things that are of the devil. You better learn how to taste not and not to touch those things that are unclean. You better learn how to ask God to do some spiritual cleansing in you and wash you and forgive you. So here is your declaration. I break with and reject every accursed thing that I have touched, expose my family to. And put before, put before my eyes, I break and reject every demonic influence, every demonic influence of, darkness. of darkness. In Jesus' name, In Jesus name. amen. amen. And, I and I break with every false religion. Jesus Christ is Lord. And him only will I serve. In Jesus' name, In Jesus name. amen. Don't come up with no Chris and all that foolishness. Mm -mm, That's not where God is. Lord have mercy. As we prepare to be released over every curse over our life, the Lord told me this morning I had to insert this one last step before we walk into that next area of deliverance. Malachi 3 and 8. He said, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. Listen to verse 9. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me. Even this whole nation. You're going to bring the curse on your family too. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessings that there will not even be room enough to receive. Verse 11, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts, and all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. It's referring to somebody. Somebody better get a grip. (laughs) This morning, my notes were already prepared, and God said, you need to add that. See, when you don't tithe, God is not punishing you. I need you to know that. God ain't keeping you from paying your rent and and that can't make your ends meet and everybody's sick and you're tearing up cars and all kind of stuff is happening. God is not doing that to you. Baby, you in the hands of the devourer. God says, when you obey me in this, in a tithe, there's not that wrinkled up five ones that smell like camel. Hello. Your tithe is 10% off of your gross. Uh, uh, Your tithe is 10% of your welfare check. Your tithe is 10% of your disability check. Your tithe is 10% of your social security. Keep robbing God and stay broke and under the hands of the devourer. Okay, I'm going to move on with that. declaration. God, I thank you for the blessing and privilege to walk in obedience of giving tithes and offerings. I ask you to forgive me for any disobedience. I confess this day to comply with your word, and I ask you to rebuke the devourer On my behalf, behalf. in Jesus' name, name. Amen. amen. When you're in the hands, and I'm going to let this go, of the devourer, he will tell you, you don't have to tithe. That doesn't apply to you. You miss God. Be careful. God never contradicts his word for none of baby kids. He expects what he expects from each one of us. And disobedience will bring consequences. And don't be calling your pastors to help you. You know why? We can't pray you through when it's between you and God. You can drink a keg of blessed oil if you want, but that's not going to release you from the bondage that you're in when you're in disobedience with God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, as we're released from every bondage of our lives and released and unraveled. Galatians 3, 13 and 14, Christ purchased our freedom, redeeming us from the curse, the doom of the law and its consequences by himself becoming a curse for us. For it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree is crucified to the end that through their receiving Jesus Christ, the blessing promised to Abraham might come upon the Gentiles so that we through faith might all receive the realization of the promise of the Holy Spirit. Your declaration. Thank you, Jesus, for purchasing my freedom. I submit my total will and come to you. In desperation for complete healing and deliverance. Thank you for becoming the curse for every curse over my life. And I move now from curses to blessings. I release myself from every curse and receive every blessing in Jesus' name. I receive the blessing of physical healing. I receive the blessing of mental and emotional stability. I receive the blessing of fruitfulness. I receive the blessing of female and male optimal health. Of female and male optimal health. I receive the blessing of physical stamina. I receive the blessing of physical stability. I receive the blessing of successful marriage and a functioning, loving family. I receive the blessing of long life. I release myself from the curse of family suicide, of unnatural and untimely deaths. I receive the blessing of of financial sufficiency. In every other blessing. In Jesus' name. Amen. We take our stand with God. How much time do I have? Okay. I'm not finished. You still need to do some more emptying out. I guarantee you, I promise you, whenever God has me to do a service like this, you're gonna be set free. It's just what happens. And it's not me that does it. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that goes forth and performs what he's sending the word out to do. So we take our stand with God. In Romans 8.31, I love this. What can I say then to all of this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who can be our foe if God is on our side? So I make a firm decision. I submit my will. Repeat that. I submit my will. my purpose, my my future, my my whole life to God. God. I take my stand with God God. against all sin, all all evil, evil, and and evil. and every kind of demon. And I want to encourage you, when you took your stand with God, he took his stand with you. When I take a stand with God, he never leaves me standing alone. He took a firm stand with you. And now you need to just have a time of prayer and you let God speak and identify the demons that need to be expelled. Oh, Bishop, Christians don't have demons. You know, it may not be a possession, but it may be an oppression. Tell me that lady in in the synagogue who was all bent over didn't have a demon. Hallelujah. Yes. You have to release yourself totally to God. And now in our prayer time, I want you to speak out. This is where I put you on the road and it's up to you to stay on the journey. You say it like this, you spirit of, and whatever it is that is plaguing you and holding you back. It it may be depression or or whatever it is, it may be doubt, it may be fear, whatever it is. You spirit up and you name it. I take my stand against you in the name of Jesus. I no longer submit to you. Sickness, whatever it is, I no longer submit to you. I no longer submit to you. In the name of Jesus, leave my presence. That's how you deal with that. That's how you deal with that. Go ahead and Just have some time and deal with that. You can't afford to be passive. Submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Resist. Resist the devil and he will flee. You're choosing deliverance over bondage. You're getting unraveled this morning. These powers of Satan have to go in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whatever it is. Maybe a spirit of infirmity. Whatever it is. I no longer submit to you. You leave my presence in the name of Jesus. I wouldn't be here today if I submitted to every demonic attack that attacked my physical body. I wouldn't be here today. Certainly wouldn't be walking across this platform in these cute shoes. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Deal with it. Deal with it. Deal with it. Let your dignity go. Forget about who's in this room. You better work with that thing that's holding you back. You better get a grip on it. You operate under the authority of Almighty God. Your Father, Jesus Christ, His Son and your Savior and the Holy Spirit, your Baptizer who has extended to you exousia and dunamis power to conquer all. You conquer all in the name of Jesus. You conquer all. Deal with it. Deal with it. Thank you, God.